and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Miller podcast. I am your host, Jason Katarski, and I'm coming to you with episode 85, and I am here with my buddy, Jake. Hey, Jake. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I love getting to get together regularly, playing games, kind of getting out of this doldrums of like gray weather mm-hmm. and uh, seeing human beings. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so I, we last week we talked about puzzly games with Eric Carlson and uh, John Dubois, friend of the show, kind of mentioned one of his favorites was a little game called Pentacork by Mike Mullins, a little solo wallet game from Button Shy, and um, and then we we got together to play some games and we ended up playing these teeny tiny games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a lot still going on around this kind of idea of micro games. Uh, Scott Holmes has, has a new one on uh, Kickstarter with Gamelin with uh, tiny epic zombies. Mm-hmm. And I think that the tiny epic games lean a little bit more towards epic than they do tiny these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. But I just kind of was thinking about, um, this thing started a while back, and, and all the games were getting really small, and I was like blind backer, just going after every small thing that was cheap on on Kickstarter, and um, my piles of small games have started to stack up, and we played some of those, and, and I just kind of wanted to revisit that idea of, like, is small still the new big? Um <laughs> So like have you played have you played some some micro games Jake? Yeah, I mean I think the first one that I would consider a micro game that I really got into was was Love Letter. Yeah. Um I I got it as a gift um in a family Christmas gift exchange because somebody bought me a big box game and then didn't quite get to the to the limit um and saw saw it on Amazon as a suggestion, you know, when people buy this, they also buy this. And he actually got it as a joke cuz it looked I don't know, looked feminine, I guess. Um, so he got it for me as a joke, but um, I opened it up and started playing it, and it was great. Um, and it's pretty amazing what what they've done with 16 cards. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's insane the amount of uh, just intrigue, the amount of um, just complete um, mind games you can play with this tiny amount of game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I mean they they got they got a little bit of theme in there. They got interactivity in there. They got a simple rule set with depth of play. Um and it it just struck a chord so big when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And and I think that you know, it's I don't think it's great with two players. Oh, no. Um but uh in, in general what it did I think was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Uh there were there've been other small, you know, components games, you know, like Yahtzee mm-hmm. being, you know, like roll yeah. and write games mm-hmm. kind of fall into that category too. But like um this just felt different because it was like how can we be as minimalist as possible, make a small, attractive package that isn't just like brainless game. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's a little bit of a gamer game. Yeah. Um and it started this kind of this craze. So much so, I, I went on to design a game trying to see if I could do something like make a game out of 16 cards. And that's when my game, Dead Drop, kind of was inspired by by uh, Seiji Kanai's uh, love letter. And I just wanted to see, hey, what else could we do with the small number of components? And other people at the same time were having the same the same ideas. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, Tied to Time from Portal Games mm-hmm. did really well and is a really clever two-player game. And then... Uh, a lot of a lot of companies were doing stuff, and specifically one that comes to mind is the 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 Pentacork publisher Buttonshy, who was saying, "Hey, like I can make this a thing where like 
I put up these wallets, I can do them in short runs, I can hand assemble them, and that's Jason Tagmeyer's company, and he has put out a ton of output, like, every time he does a Kickstarter, it's got three or four different games on it, mm. and, uh, and it, it works, because people know to, like, go, you want a small portable game you can put in your pocket, go check out Button Shy stuff, and he's had some really neat successes from that, like, pen, uh, uh, what's it called, Pretense, have you, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. It's a meta game where you are like, you have roles that you're playing throughout game night. And you oh. win uh, the other player's card if you get somebody to do what your card says. So, like, <laughs> if you, you have somebody to, like, pick up some drop components off the floor for you and hand you something. Like, you can win. And you say, oh, that's my card. And then you take their card and now you have that identity. That's And funny. you try to be, like, the last one standing. So AEG wow. picked that up and like released a retail version of that, um, <laughs> and and actually he he did this really great thinky little game called Circle the Wagons, hmm. um, and I just heard that like he worked with IDW hmm. to produce an X Files version of it for Loot Crate. Oh wow! So like kind of kind of neat the way that his stuff's taken off, and I just heard that he was maybe this was a dream or maybe this was the internet. Like sometimes <laughs> I get I get those two things confused. <laughs> Um, that he was uh, kind of stepping out of his full-time job, getting part-time gig, so he could focus more on the company. Because it's, you know, he's built it up over the couple of years. And if that's not true, I'm sorry, Jason. If it is, if it isn't true, do that, you know? Like, because <laughs> yeah, it sounds, this sounds awesome. This is, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a prophet. This, this yeah. Um, so Button Shy does, does these cool things. They're a little more boutique, a little harder to find, because uh -huh. it's, like, only through Kickstarter or on his website. And then occasionally they'll, they'll find their way out there. John, uh, who mentioned Pentacorp to me, that got me thinking about this stuff, um, he designed a little game. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. It's, it's about the Catholic and the Pope, and I can't think of the name of it. Avignon. It's a game about the battling of the popes, and it's this push and pull, and it's awesome. Look up John Dubois on Board Game Geek. Great little games, and um, lots of stuff going on. So, so let's just talk a little bit about some of the, these little games that that like we've been playing recently that have kind of captured our attention. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you go ahead, Jake, and, and share one that that has you uh, kind of excited? Okay. Well, um, this one. Um, was pretty popular. I think it came out last year. Uh, if not, it was mid to late 2016. Um, but one that I saw that was really popular was Mintworks. Um, and this game literally fits in an Altoids tin. And it's <laughs> kind of themed around that, but themed more around the, the production of said mints and uh, kind of your... Your mint empire. Yeah, you if, you're, if you're going to put it in a mint tin, then go yeah. ahead and have it be a mint, no. mint theme. Yeah, and they have these uh, they have these wooden components that look just like Altoids, except they're they're wood. And warning: Do not eat. Yes, don't eat them. <laughs> and it's 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 a really neat little game. Like I always get comments when I bring it out. People, you know, people will ask like, "Is that actual candy? Like what?" But um, it's it's a worker placement game that is actually really clever. Um, and you're competing to add different buildings to your um, tableau that that generate either more mints for you, which are your workers, and kind of your money and how you acquire things, um, or they, you know, you get certain combos together that give you points, and you, it's a, it's just straight up a race to seven points. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's really interesting. There's a limited amount of spaces, just like any good worker placement game. So, you know, you got to pick. You know, you're alternating back and forth between you and whatever other players, and so you got to pick. Okay, which action am I going to take now? 
you know, am I going to take this because I really need it, or am I going to take it to block the other person? Um, I've played it with um, anywhere from two to four players, um, and also solo. There's AI um, cards that they've included that kind of play the game in a very specific way, but you set up the actions in an order so that they always choose something, and then they ah. choose something else. So it's kind of puzzly in that way, where you you can block the AI because you know where it's going to go, but you also might not necessarily want to do that because it's going to bulldoze you and get all the all the mints before you do. Like so, it's it's and there's several different ones that all play in different ways. So it's it's a very clever little game that that easily fits in a pocket. And I have I've taken it all over the place, played it in Chipotle. It's, <laughs> like it's a really good little awesome. little game. Yeah, I haven't played the solo version yet, but I really was was like kind of taken by this game when we when we first played it, and we've talked about it on the show before. But like, um, it's it's kind of this game where like people used to ask like, what's a good work replacement game to show somebody? And like a couple answers would always go be Stone Age would come up yep. or uh, um, Lords of Waterdeep, Water which yep. which like are both fantastic games, mm-hmm. and like uh, Lords of Waterdeep is probably one of my one of my top games, mm-hmm. like because I I just love it, and my wife loves it too, so we we've played that quite a bit. Um, but now it's like, if I'm going to teach somebody worker placement, well, mint works, mm-hmm. you know, it's so approachable. It's mm-hmm. like, you're in it and it's cute. The aesthetically, it's a really great, great presentation. Yeah, it doesn't Just last simple graphic long. design. Yeah. It's yep. quick. Yep. Um, and it's, it's like, Hey, let's play it again. Kind of mm-hmm. game. So yeah, yep. very, very cool game. Yep. The designer has a follow up uh, that's also fits in a mint tin that's, uh, was kickstarted and is currently in production called mint delivery. It's kind of his sequel and it's a, it's a, uh, pick up and deliver game so we'll yeah see i'm like hey games with trucks i'm into yeah. those so i uh, i backed that one i'm looking forward to trying that one for sure yeah a couple that were in my pile that we got to play uh were uh from strawberry studio and they are called what's up which is a game by uh, dennis kerps and jean-claude pellin and strawberry ninja by uh chris Cascadetto. Sorry about that, Chris. Um, and the art on these is very similar because um, it's by the same artist. And when I say similar, like um, it is not really similar to the board game world in general. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique style, like cartoony, really high quality art, mm-hmm. uh, really quirky. Um, and it's by um, Magdalena Markowska, which uh, really great looking game. So they're, uh, one of them was on Kickstarter. One of them I picked up at a convention. Uh, just because they were cute and they were small, uh, they were like eight bucks a piece or something like that. Mm-hmm. They had great looking components. They looked like they were going to play in fifteen minutes, and I thought that uh, it would be worth checking out. So, um, what's up is kind of a, a memory game where you're collecting sets of birds. You have a grid out of six by five, uh, kind of a grid of cards, and there's one, two, or three birds in four different colors in these cards. And on the back side, there is either the same number of birds or the same color of birds in a different number. And you're trying to collect those sets in order, one, two, and three. So if I want to collect the uh, uh, the yellow birds, i got to get the one, and then i got to get the two and the yellow, and then i got to get the three. I can have multiple colors going at once. I can you know start with the one in the red and the uh, one in the purple and kind of work my way up, being the first one to get like all of the sets completed, or a certain number, depending on the number of players. Um, but you're gonna, it's got this push and pull memory element, trying to kind of, um, figure out like where things are. So this one, this one could be a game I think that would do better with kids, uh, families with youngish kids, mm-hmm. because that has that memory element. 
Um, but like, there's a little more to it, like mm-hmm. sequencing and you, there is a variant where you can, um, you have to, the younger variant will be like, put the card back on the other side that you, you, when you, when you take a card, you flip it and you can only keep it if the underside of it matches mm-hmm. what's next for you. Um, and then if it doesn't, you put it back where you got it. And that's for younger players. Mm-hmm. The, the more challenging variant would be to put it back anywhere in the board. Yeah. So, uh, I could see that being, uh, make it a little more gamery. Uh, but I, I definitely recommend it more towards like the younger, the younger bunch or like families who are looking to play games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Strawberry Ninja, uh, similarly, is kind of it's it's a puzzle of moving things around and getting this cat to try to find the Strawberry Ninja. I have no idea what this this theme is about at all. Like, but there's these action cards and they're face down on a grid and there's a space in the grid and there's a cat that can move around. And on your turn, you shift a card in kind of like a like a slide puzzle way mm-hmm. yeah. and then you shift another card and then the second card that you shifted you reveal and there may or may not be um, a special action on it or uh, just a plain kind of blank tile or it could be the strawberry ninja mm-hmm. and and then your option after shift shift uh, reveal oh then you move so you move the cat based on these directional cards mm-hmm. that, are, that are... The first time, you don't know which way you're going to go. But after the first time, it just cycles through so you know which direction the cat is going to move next. Because you're trying to get the cat to land on the card that you think is or know is the Strawberry Ninja. Mm-hmm. Because then you can optionally pounce. If you think it's that, you can you can say, this is it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you win the game. And if you win twice, you win the game. If the cat... Uh, uh, if you run out of... If you get the and the end of the score track or the turn track, there's twelve turns yeah. uh, twice. Then or yeah, you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like a neat idea. Uh, it it's it kind of feels like about the same audience would appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I want to play this with my you know older kid who's mm-hmm. who's eight years old um, because I think she'll like the art and I think that like the puzzle is at a good place for her to try to you know figure out. Um, but we had this two instances in a row <laughs> where like the first card we revealed was a strawberry ninja. Uh-huh. So like we, we had it, you know, it was pretty easy for us to maneuver our way in that direction. Um, now, you know, that's randomness. That's what makes these kid these games work well with families is because a kid can get lucky yeah. and still keep up with, you know, the, the grown up. Uh, so if you don't mind randomness, they're cool little fillers, you know, pass the time, great artwork, uh, kind of feel unique to themselves like I, I can't compare them to anything too specifically yeah. but um you know really good looking uh games mm-hmm. so what about you jake do you, do you have another one you want to mention yeah i mean appropriately for the olympics uh <laughs> my wife and i have been enjoying rolling america uh recently um and literally while watching the olympics because um, it really doesn't take um it's a it's a little roll and write game uh, and we literally play while sitting on the couch watching the olympics um and it was originally rolling japan um designed by hisashi hayashi yes but uh you know game right took it and made it for the american audience and uh it's it's a really neat little game where you just you roll two dice and then those dice have different colors um and there are regions of america that are broken out by color and so basically what you got to do is take that number that you've rolled in that color and place it in one of the states in that region of America that that's, that is that color. And the first time you play something may or may not matter that much, um, but everywhere then that's touching a box you've already filled can only be one number higher, one number lower, or the same number. So it's, it, it, is, it is this puzzle that you mm-hmm. are 
working through as and as you continue to write stuff down it gets more and more restricted as to what you can actually put there yeah it gets tight pretty fast yeah and uh so the goal is to have the least number of x's which are basically either spots that you can't legally put anything or spots that are blank at the end of the game Um, and they give you a couple different special abilities to kind of mitigate some of that random dice roll uh elements and one of the things is that there's one of the die is a wild so when that one comes out you can put it in any region you want to you're also allowed to change the color of a die three times you can duplicate a die three times so you know you roll something that you really like or works out for you you can put that in two different spots mm-hmm. or you can guard something which is you would write a number and then circle that number, and then that number doesn't matter what you put around it. It doesn't influence what you put next yeah. to it. So you can protect three spots, um, and it, it you just play it. Um, it takes anywhere from you know fifteen to thirty minutes, depending on how much you want to think about it. Sure. Um, but it's it's doesn't take up much space at all. You really just need a a pencil and. A spot that you can roll dice, right? Even if that's in like a little cup or something. So yeah, we just sit back on the couch and watch uh, Sean White win gold medals while we <laughs> cross off some boxes. Yeah, so. it's it's a uh, it's a cool game, and you know, like it comes with the same style package as Quix does, mm-hmm. and you can get it at like Target and stuff now. Um, which which I think Quix is easily become like a game that just this just widespread mm-hmm. but like I don't, i'm not sure that people are as aware of rolling america yeah like not in the same way that quix is but it's it's a very thinky kind of nice game mm-hmm. um and it, both like the, the as long as you have sheets of paper or sh- sh- score sheets mm-hmm. you can play with as many people as you want to because you're all just kind of taking the dice that are available and and doing stuff with mm-hmm. them so uh yeah very very cool game uh rolling america from game right is highly recommended um, if you like dice and small portable kind of take anywhere games. Mm-hmm. One more that we played that uh, that was kind of phenomenal that kind of blew me away uh-huh. that had been sitting on my shelf for far too long was a little game by Chris Handy from the Perplexed Pack of Games series. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we've talked about Chris's games before, and he said these two different Kickstarters for like season one and season two, and each one is like a ten pack of games that comes in a neoprene bag well if you do the kickstarter now they're available at barnes and noble too like you can go into barnes and noble and just pick these little games up individually um off the shelf for you know five bucks a piece but um the one we played today that was like really only probably the third of the pack of games that i've played uh was called yes so s-h-h you know they all have (laughs) cute little three-letter names Mm -hmm. and uh and this is a word game it's a cooperative word game uh and I feel like I, I typically avoid word games mm-hmm. because I feel like, ah, you know, like, what is going to be better than Scrabble, you know? Yeah. But then I played Paperback, which mm-hmm. was a great deck builder. And then, like, I've heard about Gilhova's uh, game, I think it's called Wordsy, that, like, that people are super into. And, like, mm-hmm. there's there's more kind of innovative stuff that's coming out of word games. And, mm-hmm. and shh, I feel like I don't want this game to get lost in these little boxes. Like, I almost want it in, like, a regular kind of mm-hmm. sized card box because it's that good. Yeah. Um, 
But the, the idea is that you have these shared vowels, A-E-I-O-U, and you have uh, pass cards based on the number of players. And then you deal all the consonant cards, there's only one copy of every letter in the whole game, mm -hmm. to all the other players. And then a player plays a letter and starts the word. The next player has to add to that word, either from their hand or from one of the vowels. Mm -hmm. If the word ends up being five letters long, you're going to be able to flip those vowels you used over to get points. Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise, like they just go back, they go back to the pile of vowels. Either way, you can use the vowels once yeah. each turn. It's um, tricky because you can't talk about what's in your hand, though. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, like sh means no talking about anything and just trying to make words. And like, you know, all the letters are out there, but you have to like look at the table to see what's missing, and you have to hope that by playing a certain letter, that letter that communicates enough <laughs> about what you want the other player to play based on the letters they know you have or don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of when you think you have a valid word on your turn, if you can't add anything to it or you think it's a valid word, you, you, you can start a new word. But before starting a new word, you call a vote, which is like, is it valid or not? If everybody agrees it's valid, you score it. If somebody thinks it's not valid, you look it up in the dictionary, and if it's not really, the game ends, and then you score. So it's a high-score game. You're trying to go for 26 is the perfect score. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say that on our first try, we got 24, mm -hmm. which was pretty awesome. Um, but, like, this is a game I want to play, like, right now. Like, <laughs> it, and it's, and I, I don't care about work games, but this one, this one connected in a big way. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you liked it, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the kind of game, like, I'm going to play with my wife, I'm going to introduce to, you know, family members who, who are not, like, huge gamers, just because, hey, everybody, I mean, everybody that can spell can, can enjoy this game. And it and it's it's challenging to, like, mm -hmm. think of a word, you can only use each, let, each letter once, so, like, you got to be creative with those words. Mm -hmm. And there's a point when, like, Jake was out of cards, and he, we had to start with a vowel, mm -hmm. and he had to, like, figure out what letters I had and what our best possibilities were. Man, good yeah. game. And all <laughs> the size of a pack of gum. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy. A lot of game in a, in a little space, for sure. This is like the ultimate in micro games. Mm -hmm. Put it behind your ear like an ink pen, you know? Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, so that's some of the micro games we've been playing lately, and uh, I think they're here to stay. I think that there's a lot of variety out there in micro games. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more in this kind of like micro genre in the mm -hmm. uh, hobby uh, gaming world and, and beyond. So uh, thank you guys for listening. If you like uh, what you hear, please join us on Facebook in the 20 Minutes of Filler Facebook group. And um, you can reach me on Twitter at Jason Katarski or at Green Couch Games. What about you, Jake? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Board the Number Two Death. That's board like board games. Awesome. Until next time. Get out there and play some great little games.